2.3%. That's the number that China reported its economy grew in 2020. It doesn't sound like very much. That is until you realize that China is the only major economy in the world that actually grew last year. Most countries' economies actually shrank. But not all is well in China because retail spending actually decreased about 4%. So what happened to Chinese payments last year? In this edition of FinTech Friday, what happened to Chinese payments? The View from Hong Kong. I'm Silvio Tavares here in San Francisco on January 22nd. This is FinTech Friday, brought to you by Cardlinks. It's great to be with you. It was a surprise to some this week when China announced that its economy grew and did not shrink in 2020. And that's because most major economies, including the U.S., are in recession and actually shrank because of the global pandemic. Now, if you believe the numbers from China at current course and speed, China will move from the second largest economy to the number one economy and surpass the U.S. by 2028. That's just seven years from now. But not everything is growing. Consumer spending and payments have actually declined significantly as Chinese consumers weather the hardship of the pandemic, just like in other countries around the world. Chinese consumer spending was actually down 4% last year. And as we reported last week, Alipay, one of the largest consumer spending platforms in China, came under regulatory scrutiny by authorities, forcing it to eliminate or curtail some of its activities. Those are some pretty mixed signals coming from the Chinese market. So just what exactly is going on in Chinese payments, really? To answer that question, on the show today, we go to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is by far one of Greater China's most international places. It's a city where China meets the rest of the world in trade, commerce, and yes, in payments. Andrew Lowe is the founder and CEO of EFT. EFT is one of the largest payment processors in Hong Kong. We talk about what is going on with payments, and commerce, and the future of fintech in China. Good morning, Andrew. It's great to have you on the show today. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning. Andrew, where are you today? Hong Kong. Hong Kong. It's one of my favorite places in the world. Lots of activity going on there. I'd like to ask you a little bit more about your business, EFT. Can you share with me all of the activities? Because you have a really diversified group in the payments area. Can you tell us a little bit more about your EFT business in Hong Kong? Oh, yes. Thank you. EFT Pay is one of the leading e-payment service providers in Hong Kong. We actually, we started with Alipay. We spent like four weeks and helped to launch the Alipay cross-border payment in Hong Kong. We do serve our service to not just consumer. We also provide a, a really good integrated system support to our key account merchants. For those big retailers, we help them to enable those services. Plus, we also to provide the same thing to those SME merchants. So we built our, what we call a E plus P 
pay platform. So one single device to accept credit card payment, QR code payment, and any type of the overseas electronic payment we will do. And also we are the first to connect the Taiwanese QR code wallet. And also we connect with the South Korea QR code payment called GLN Network. And we are also working with other countries at the moment. This 2021, we are going to rock on our online piece. EFT Pay for the last seven years, we actually we built and we have built over 20,000 merchants here in Hong Kong. So we are still continuous working really hard here in Hong Kong. Hong Kong is on the doorstep of one of the most innovative payments markets and most innovative fintech markets in the world, and that is mainland China. How are China's largest payment platforms like Alipay and WeChat Pay, how are they used in Hong Kong? EFT Pay is the first acquirer for Alipay in Hong Kong. The following year, we also do WeChat Pay. Now, those Alipay, WeChat Pay, it's not just a wallet payment. We call it a lifestyle app. The app in China can do investment. The app can do some of advertisements, some of we call it mini programs. Alipay and WeChat Pay, they have a local wallet here. We have Alipay Hong Kong wallet. And also we have WeChat Pay Hong Kong Wallet. In China, those Alipay, WeChat Pay, they are really stuck in their lifestyle. They use it everywhere. But in Hong Kong, we start to have Visa, MasterCard payment, Apple Pay payment, Samsung, and also plus Autopress. But Hong Kong, I would say the percentage is growing up. In terms of US dollar, let's say $10 US below, people use Autopress. For the e-wallet payment, people spending like, you know, around $20 US. People will use Alipay, WeChat Pay, but probably 50 bucks or 60 bucks US above, they all using credit card payment. So I would say this is a different behavior. Those uh, data for us is a good for learning. So we know some people, I mean, the people in Hong Kong, the behavior is, is like this. Well, thank you, Andrew. That was very helpful to see the progression of Alipay and WeChat Pay and understanding that both of those companies have their own wallets specifically for the Hong Kong market. And you also talked about change and change in behavior over time. And 2020 was a year of very rapid change. It was a year of change because of the pandemic. It was a year of change for e-commerce and payments. In Hong Kong, what are some of the big changes that happened in 2020 in terms of how payments are done in Hong Kong? And it would be great if you could talk about some of the major changes that happened in 2020 in Hong Kong but also in China. In 2020, because of the COVID effect, you know, the whole world and Hong Kong, of course, is part of it. I do see the wallet payment and contactless payment is increased in Hong Kong because people doesn't want to use cash. And also what EFT pays do in Hong Kong, we also acquire merchants. So we do see a, a lot of inquiry. It used to like the, all the little shop, the small shop, they don't like to take card payments because they don't want to pay for the MSF, you know, the merchant service fee. And now they said, okay, yeah, we won't pay for that. The merchant is okay to accept e-payment. China, they pretty much back on the normal, like compared to 2019. Hong Kong, we really do come on the cross-border traveler, travel to Hong Kong. In 2020, Hong Kong is actually really affected because the border closed it 
And also in 2020, I do see people using more the app to do food ordering, like, you know, delivery. People start using more and more on the technology, not just e-wallet payment. I would say 2020 rapidly changed to move people from offline to online. Great insight. As you look towards the future for 2021 and beyond, it's clear that there are going to be additional changes in the payments market. For example, the Chinese government put a halt to the IPO of Ant Financial, the parent company of Alipay that was going to list its shares in Shanghai, Hong Kong, and other markets. And that IPO was pulled. And the government's also been looking at you know new restrictions on Alipay. At the same time, there's a lot of innovation, new types of technologies being introduced into the market. For example, applications related to sharing financial data for payments. What are some of the new key developments that you see coming in 2021 and beyond in the payments and digital commerce space? Still, the wallet payment is still one of the main focus here. I do see now it's six virtual bank operating at the moment. So it's still using the app. We can use it to do payment for deposit saving or loan or things like that. Recently, we also see the public transportation. They are going to have the e-payment by using the QR code to go on public transport. When you've been in Hong Kong, like, you know, before the COVID, when you're here, you, you see that the buses and MTL, we only use the contactless payment autopress. But now they do accept other payment means. So in 2021, definitely you can see that there's a new development that Hong Kong people has been done here. And also the virtual bank function is happening here. Really interesting. One of the things that is so powerful about visiting Hong Kong is as soon as you land, you see in the skyline companies from all over the world, from the UK and Europe, from across Asia, and also from America. So Hong Kong has always been a very international trade center. As you look to the future, will that continue? Because of course, you know, there are other Chinese cities that are competing to be the most well-known international trade center, cities like Shanghai and to a lesser extent, even Beijing. Do you think Hong Kong will continue to be one of the best centers for international trade going forward? Yes, we believe that because the rule of Hong Kong is suitable and also continues the international trade center here. We believe it. Perhaps like Hong Kong is still in international trade market top two. And also we call it Bay Area. So the Bay Area does mean Hong Kong, Macau, Zhuhai, and Gong, you know, Shenzhen, Guangzhou area. We call it Bay Area. The Bay Area, because of scale-up trading, I mean, it's an international trade center here. It still will be continuous. But the thing is, like, once the COVID get more clear, everyone get a steam injected, and I, I think definitely it will be scale-up. Like, at the beginning, it will scale up, like, slowly, and then it, hoping that we'll get back to normal. Probably maybe 2022, probably 2023. 
That's fascinating. As you know, I'm speaking to you from San Francisco, which we also call the Bay Area. So there's also a Bay Area around Hong Kong. That's great to know. And I learned something about that today. Thank you, Andrew. What a great series of insights you shared with us. Thank you for taking us inside the Hong Kong payments market and the Chinese payments market. Thank you for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you, Silvio. Thank you so much. That's Andrew Lowe, the CEO and founder of EFT, speaking to us from Hong Kong. Coming right up, some closing thoughts on what happens next with fintech in China. So let's be candid. Over the past year, things have been pretty tense between the number one and number two economies, the U.S. and China. And this is not just in general, but even in the specific areas of fintech and payments. With a new Biden presidential administration in the U.S., some are expecting a better collaboration between America and China. I think that is very unlikely. Expect the new U.S. administration to push hard to open Chinese markets to U.S. payments and fintech technology. Expect China to push back. The tension will continue. That is because the stakes are very high. As I mentioned in the introduction, the gap between the U.S. and Chinese economies is narrowing rapidly. And whoever wins in technology, trade, and digital commerce will claim the title as leader of the world. For those of us in the fintech industry, well, we look at it differently. It's not just about governments vying. It's about the best technologies and the best products. So... Let the best fintech win. For Fintech Friday from the Cardlinks Association, take care of yourself and take care of each other. God bless you. This is Silvio Tavares, signing off. Fintech Friday.